Psalms chapter 61, verses 1-3. through Hear my cry, O Lord. Give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to You when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For You have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against the enemy. Good evening and welcome again. We're grateful for Your presence. We are looking tonight at Psalm 61. And as we begin our study tonight, I want to certainly express appreciation to each and every person for your presence tonight. To those who are visiting, as always, we encourage you to come back and be with us. We're very grateful for the number of visitors that come our way from week to week. It may be that you're looking for a church home, and we want to encourage you to consider the work here at Olive Branch. We would love to have you come and join hands with us. We're trying to do everything that we can to reach out to this community, and not just this community, but to the world with the gospel of Christ. Tonight, as we look at Psalm 61, I want us to think about the theme, Overwhelmed by the Circumstances of Life. The psalm itself has been titled, A Prayer When Overwhelmed. All of us, at some time or another, feel overwhelmed by the burdens, difficulties, trials, and tribulations of life. If you have never been in a state where it seemed as if you were overwhelmed, well, take heart. There are some that in our world today seem to be flooded with problems and trials. And so what I want us to do tonight is look at Psalm 61. And really, as we look at the 61st Psalm, we have, I believe, an antidote for the times in life when we feel perplexed or overwhelmed by the things of life itself. I believe that this psalm was penned by David. And David, as you well know, had many joys and successes in life. But there were also times in which he was in the valley. It would be great if we had mountaintop experiences all the time, but that's not the case. Just as there are highs, there are lows. Just as there are joys, there are frustrations. And so as we look at Psalm 61, I want you to think about the state of David. Because David, in a very concise way, talks about his feelings and ultimately his trust in Jehovah God. I want to begin by calling attention to his request. Think with me for just a moment about the request of David. And his request could be summed up in the word prayer. In times of trouble and trial, I would encourage all of us to turn to God in prayer because that's what David did. And not just David, but any number of people have turned to God in times of difficulty. So let's begin by looking at verses 1 and 2. David said, Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. I want to begin by emphasizing David's access to God. Did you know that the throne of Almighty God is always accessible to those of us who belong to the family of God? That ought to be a great encouragement. To know that God's throne is never closed for business. God never closes 
but his ears are always open to his people. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the writer said, Let us therefore draw boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. As we look at this psalm, we're going to find that David was in need. And what did he do? He turned to God. Why? Because he had access to the throne of God. And then Peter would say in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. And so God is always accessible to his people. I don't care where you are. I don't care what your circumstances may be. Whatever, whatever condition you may find yourself in in this life, there is always the privilege of prayer. And then there's another thing. David sought attention from Almighty God. Look again at verse 1. He said, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. The word attend means to hearken. It carries with it the idea of paying attention, to listen. You ever been talking to somebody and, and it, it felt like you were talking to the wall as if they weren't paying any attention to you? You ever, you ever try to talk to somebody and their attention is divided? Not the case with God. When you go before the throne of Almighty God, you have His undivided attention. Just think about that for a minute. When you bow in the presence of Jehovah God, you have, you have a captive audience. Peter said, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. In the book of Proverbs in chapter 15, Solomon said that the prayer of the upright is his delight. God delights in our prayers. God wants to hear from us. Not only does God want to hear from us, he expects to hear from us. Jesus taught, according to Luke in chapter 18, verse 1, that men ought to always pray and not to faint. And then I think about the words of Paul when he said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, pray without ceasing. James said the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It is a great encouragement to me to know that whatever problems or disturbances or trials or tribulations that I have in my life. When I go before the throne of God, I have His absolute undivided attention. God will hear us out on the matter. Now, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 4, the writer said in that context that we may find grace to help and mercy in time of need. When you look at the life of David, and particularly in this context, David had a need, didn't he? He was in need. And so what did he do? He turned to Almighty God. There's a great example of prayer in 2 Kings chapter 20. In that context, Isaiah the prophet had been summoned by God to go to King Hezekiah and to inform him that he was going to die and not live. And God said to the prophet, to the king, set your house in order. The Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed. If you look at the first five verses of that chapter, 
you'll find that God responds to the prayer of Hezekiah by saying, I have seen your tears and I have heard your prayers. I want to ask this question. What's the worst scenario that could happen to you in life? There are a lot of things that could happen to all of us in this life. Sometimes people say it could never get any worse. It can always get worse. But think about it for a minute. What's, what's the worst scenario that could come your way? Whatever the scenario may be in your mind, God is there for you. Hezekiah, I suspect that that was probably the worst scenario that he could have envisioned. To know that he had a terminal illness. And yet God said, I've seen your tears. I've heard your prayers. And the Bible says he responded by giving, giving him 15 additional years of life. There's a second thing I want you to see in Psalm 61, and that is the refuge of David. As we think about the refuge of David, I want to begin by talking about his pain. Look at the latter part of verse 2. David said, when my heart is overwhelmed. Let me just stop there for a minute. The word overwhelmed means to envelope oneself, to cover. Sometimes people will use the expression, I am covered up with troubles. My life seems to be wrapped up with problems or trials or tribulations or whatever it may be. David here felt this sense of literally being overwhelmed by his circumstances. I think David was in pain. I would encourage you to spend a lot of time in the book of Psalms there is a great deal of encouragement to be gained by reading and studying and meditating on the 150 psalms. Now, there are a lot of different psalms. There are different occasions for the writing of the psalms. But in many of the psalms, you will see David, for example, literally pouring out his heart to Almighty God, expressing his pain, his hurt, and the fact that his trust was in God. And so, the pain of David. But note, if you would, his plea. He said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The word rock here really suggests, it's somewhat symbolic, of the protective care of Almighty God. David here is saying, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There are times in life when the only one to whom we can turn is Almighty God. And I think, really in a sense, that's the picture here. He's looking to the one that can lift him up above the trials, the troubles, the heartaches of this life. Drop down and look at Psalm 62. Listen to what David said in this particular psalm. Note, if you would, beginning in verse 5. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. 
In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Let me tell you, when your life is overwhelmed by whatever circumstance, you need to look to the Lord. You need to look to the rock. And as I think about what is said in Psalm 62, I like the fact that David said, God is my defense. I shall not be moved. God is going to stand by His people. And David knew that. And there's a reason why David knew that. And that's because of his past. Note, if you would, what is said in verse 3. He said, For you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Again, the idea of a strong tower, a shelter, protection. God is with us. God is with His people. I think what David is saying is that he could look back over his life and he realized God had been there for him. Think back over your life for just a minute. Some of the rough times, the difficult times, the trials, the rocky seas that you faced in this life. Has God ever let you down? When you look back at your life and you see some of the difficult, difficult times, some of the black days, times when you have been in that proverbial hole, black hole, was God there? The answer is yes. We talk about the providence of God, the fact that God is with His people. Is it not the case that all of us as God's people can look back over, over the past and we can see the hand of God working in our lives. Some people have the idea that God created the world, and then He just stepped back and removed Himself from His creation. That's not the case at all. God is actively involved in the affairs of His people. God wants to be involved in the affairs of your life. He wants to be involved in the affairs of my life. It would be a strange thing if He didn't. Think about, think about as a parent... Your involvement in, in the lives of your children. Think about your concern and your protection and your guidance. Well, God is our Father. John in 1 John chapter 3 said, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God, the sons of God. To know that God as my Father is at my side and that I can see evidence of Him working in my life. And I believe that God is involved in the affairs of my life, just as He is in yours. In the New Testament, I think about the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul was a man that faced a lot of different situations in life. If you look at his life, you see he faced a lot of good times and he had a lot of bad times. The bad times were brought about by those that were opponents of Christianity. And they made his life tough on various occasions. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul talked about the persecutions and afflictions that he encountered at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. He said, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. And then one of, I think one of my favorite passages in 2 Timothy chapter 4, when Paul said, at my first offense, no man stood with me, all men forsook me. He said, I pray God it won't be 
laid to their charge. But then in verse, down in about verse 17, he said, but the Lord stood with me. Paul is saying, look, God stood with me. Paul could look back over his life. He could look back over the past and he could say, some people may have bailed out on me, but God didn't. God was with me. And I think what David is saying here is, and he's saying this to God, you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. So what, what's David saying? God's a refuge. In Psalm 46, those very words are echoed. God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I want to read for you Psalm 56. I mentioned this psalm this morning in class. I had intended to use it in this lesson tonight, and I made mention of it this morning, and I want to reemphasize it tonight. Because when I look at this psalm, I think about, I think about the difficulties that David faced in his life. In verse 1 he said, Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up, fighting all day he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. He said, Whenever I am afraid, I trust in you. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Now drop down, if you would, and look at verse 9. Well, look at verse 8. He said, You number my wanderings. Put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. Now listen to him. This I know, because God is for me. Think about that. God is for you. He's for me. He's on our side. He is an ally. He's a strong ally. He is a refuge. David found out you can trust God. Listen, there are some folks, you can't trust them. You can't trust what they say. You can't trust what they tell you they will or won't do, but you can trust God. You can always trust God. And His trust is proven time and again. The sad thing is, some people never give Him a chance. There are a lot of folks in our world today, their lives are in complete and utter disarray. And they're looking at all of the things in the world to somehow bring normality to their life, to somehow bring life together. I promise you, it's not in the world. It's in God. If you're looking to the world, for the answers to your problems and the trials of this life, you're looking in the wrong place. You need to look to God and His Word. His promises are tried and tested. His ways, tried and tested. I'm not a betting person, but I can say this without any reservation. If you don't believe what I'm saying, you give God a chance. Put Him to the test. You try Him. Try him out. Give him six months of your life and you see what he'll do in your life. 
See if your life's not better. All he asks is for a chance. Thirdly, the resolve of the psalmist. Note his plan. <clears throat> Listen to him in verse 4. He said, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. David was committed to trusting in God. I love the words of Psalm 62, verse 8. He said, trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. David makes a great case, doesn't he, for trust. And the reason is because David placed his trust in God. David is saying to other people, look, trust in God. Pour out your heart to God. Why? Because God is a refuge for us. David had experienced the blessings of God. David knew what it was, he knew what it was about to live in duress and have God as a refuge. And so David had a plan and his plan was, look, I'm going to trust in Almighty God. And really when it's all said and done, we need to trust in the Lord, come what may. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19, Peter talks about it. And really, if you look at the book of 1 Peter, Peter is talking to Christians who were suffering in the first century. And he talks about the importance of committing our souls to Him who is a faithful Creator. God is faithful. He will never let you down. Note now His provisions. Again, looking at verse 4, he said, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. David here talks about enjoying the presence of God. And I think about the blessings of one day being with God forevermore in a place called heaven. In verse 7 he said, He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. In Psalm 23, David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He closed that psalm by saying, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A hundred million, a hundred million years from now, will you be in the presence of God? I hope all of us will. One day to be in the presence of our Creator, Sustainer and Redeemer. Hard to imagine. And then finally, His praise. He said, I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. I think David is simply saying that out of heartache, there is still praise. Come what may, God is worthy of our praise. Go back again and look at Psalm 56. Listen again to what he said in verse 3. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. He had just said, fighting all day, he oppresses me, talking about those that were against him. 
In verse 2, he talked about how his enemies hounded him. And yet, what's he saying here? Praise. And then drop down and look at verse 10. In God, I will praise His Word. In the Lord, I will praise His Word. In God, I put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Life can throw you a curve. We're all members of the human family. None of us are exempt. And yet, out of overwhelming situations, there is peace because there is a refuge. That refuge is God. And so, in closing, David in the long ago said, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. One of the things that comes to my mind, the numerous occasions that I've had to fly from city to city, it's amazing when you get up above the clouds and you just see the awesome handiwork of God. And then you begin to make your descent into your destinated city. It may be a large city. But as you begin making that descent over, say, a city like Los Angeles, with all the buildings and all the houses, they look minute, don't they? Look small. When God is at your side and you have turned to the rock that is higher than all of us, He can make big problems, bad circumstances look small. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're so grateful for your love and care. We're grateful that we have the opportunity to serve you. And we ask that you forgive us for times when we are not what we ought to be, when we lack faith. Father, we ask that you would bless us as a family of your people. Help us to always be supportive of one another, to love one another, to encourage one another. And help us to live in such a way so that one day we can be together in heaven. And Father, we pray that when life tumbles in, that we will always turn to you and trust you, come what may. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ, to believe that He is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is God's only Son, and He's the only way to be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you would put your faith in Him, repent of your sins, Confess His name before others. Be immersed in the watery grave of baptism. The Bible assures us that every sin will be washed away. You'll be clean from every sin. Saul of Tarsus understood the blessings of forgiveness. He said Ananias had instructed him to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins. Won't you do that tonight? Won't you do what countless others have done down through the ages? Become a New Testament Christian. Live for Jesus every day. 
And one day, you'll have, you'll have the blessed privilege of being in His presence forevermore. If you're here tonight and your life is not what it ought to be and you're a child of God, I want to encourage you, come home. We want to encourage you to come back to a Lord who loves you, who does not want you to perish. His desire that you would come to repentance, 2 Peter 3, 9. Would you come as we stand and sing?